Welcome to the Thrive TV Show with Lauren Parsons, helping you boost your health, energy, and productivity. Hi, and welcome to Thrive TV. I'm Lauren Parsons, Wellbeing Specialist, and this program is all about helping you boost your health, energy, and productivity. Today, I'm excited because today we are speaking about how to have a resilient mindset, and I am joined by Derry Latimer. Welcome, Derry. Thank you so much, Lauren. I'm so happy to be with you. Oh, it's so great. So great to connect around the world. So what we're going to do today is help you to understand how to begin your day with a positive mindset, how to reframe those negative situations that crop up, and also how to set yourself up for a good night's sleep and why that is so important. So before we get into that, I'm going to go through and allow you to get to know Derry with our famous this and that question. So Derry, are you ready for a quick fire round? I'm ready. Okay, so tell me, would you choose burgers or pizza? Oh, pizza. Oh, pizza, nice. Okay, German or French? French. Yeah, I would think so, coming from Canada. Would you rather have a month without your car or a month without the internet? Month without the internet. Okay, nice. Hip-hop or rock? Rock. Yeah, nice. Would you rather know all the languages in the world? or know how to play all the instruments? Know all the languages. Yeah, I'm the same. That's a tough one though, isn't it? Um, it indoor is. pool or outdoor pool? I'm sorry, you said indoor pool or outdoor, outdoor pool? pool? Yeah, or outdoor swimming pool. Outdoor pool. Outdoor, nice. Would you rather be invisible or have invisibility as a superpower or invincibility? Oh, invincibility. Yeah, <laughs> last forever. <laughs> Okay, and long nails or short nails? Oh, it's a tough one. I would say short. Short. If I had okay. to pick one. Yeah, nice. Practical. Beautiful. Oh, it's great. So to tell you a little bit more about Derry, Derry is an expert in positive possibilities for people. She is one of the few certified professional speakers in the world. She combines her business degree with over 20 years' experience engaging audiences across every business sector. A phenomenal TEDx speaker, author and organizational consultant, Derry works with organizations to create happy, healthy, humane workplaces for increased positivity, productivity, and prosperity. I love it. So, Terry, start off by just telling us how did you get started doing what it is you're doing now? Well, I... Uh Early in my life, my uh, I experienced the death of my father, and honestly, that was a really uh, you know pivotal moment for me. I was about to leave for college. I was going to study science at that time, and and just that experience uh, right out of high school uh, really propelled me to think about life and also to think about health because my father died of a massive coronary. He was only forty five. And I realized that he had been under a great deal of stress in his job. So I became really interested in workplaces and people's association with their work. And uh, so I went off to university and decided I was going to change the world and uh, help people to be happy and healthy at work. And, and, uh, and so I did do that and started down that path in uh, business and in human resources after I graduated. So that's really when it started. Uh, I, I knew I wanted to reach as many people as possible. And, uh, and a, another um, huge life event happened just after I uh, graduated from university where I met uh, a beautiful man, got married, and uh, very sadly, he 
he died by suicide uh, eight months after we were married. So again, it was a moment of uh, there's got to be some meaning I can can make of this and a way that I could be of service to other people, given that this is what's occurred. So that's wow. those two things were really monumental uh, in uh, in this path and uh, and why I'm so passionate about it. Yeah, and and for everyone listening in, I strongly encourage you to go and check out. Dairy's TED Talk, where she shares that story of having to actually reveal to her children what had happened and what she calls her earlier life and experiencing the suicide of a partner. And it's just a really touching and moving and phenomenal talk. So do go and check that out. Yeah. So Dairy, tell me, what do, you, what do you feel is going on at the moment in modern day workplaces? What's the, what are people facing? What's going on? So, you know, when I think about all of the people I, uh, I interact with in the work that I do, largely as a keynoter uh, these days, is uh, the word that comes to mind that people use to describe their lives is overwhelm. Um, and people are just feeling that it's not only in workplaces, it's life in general, but it's, it's sort of magnified in our workplaces for a number of reasons. So, of course, we talk about constant change and transformation in workplaces. And it's beyond that. It's about this incredible speed now at which things are moving. Uh, so I think that uh, people are feeling that they're on a treadmill and they've maybe felt that for many years. It's a lot faster now. And so uh, they're finding themselves put in a position of, of having to multitask. And, and what we know about multitasking is that it's very ineffective. It doesn't yeah. work. <laughs> absolutely. It's a myth. Isn't it? I've heard recently that it's absolutely a myth. It's actually just our brain is very rapidly switching from one task to another and using up neural resources. And yes, women happen to be better, generally speaking, at switching faster, but we're still not multitasking. And I think it is creating, and that's that same thing for me. I'm experiencing more and more people using that word of overwhelm and it's just this current pace of life and technology, isn't it? Yeah. So what can people do about that? How do we boost our resilience to deal with that? So uh, a few things for sure. One is to uh, begin a practice of meditation. So it mm -hmm. seems, you know, uh, in some ways people say, wait a minute, I want to be able to, I need to move faster and you're asking me to slow down. And uh, yes, that's exactly the antidote, uh, I believe. And all the research supports that uh, wholly. And so when I, uh, when you had mentioned at the beginning, you know, beginning the day with a, po a positive mindset, I uh, encourage everyone to notice uh to spend time in a, in a one minute meditation. And, and you know, whether you call it a meditation or a minute of silence of quiet, just with your breath, because sometimes I think meditation scares people a little bit. It sounds like, Oh my gosh, I need to be in a full Lotus position. <laughs> and, uh, you know, yeah. now, yeah. Sitting in it awkwardly. It's, it's really just about stopping and pausing and, and connecting with the present moment. So that is huge, I believe. That's a huge resource that people, and what's so lovely about it is it's really easy to do. So I would say to start, start with that, with one minute of just connecting with your body, being uh, present. 
at the beginning. I love that. Do you know, it's really ironic that you say that because uh, as we were just talking before we started recording, I did my TED Talk last year about this concept of snacking on exercise in one-minute bursts throughout the day. And, you know, I've never thought of meditating as such in a one-minute moment. But I also do highly recommend different morning routines. And what I often say to people is have a routine that you can concertina, you know, because often we hear these amazing morning routines and it's like 20 minutes of meditation and then 20 minutes of exercise and 20 minutes of reading and goal setting and, and we're literally cutting into our sleep time. But I love the simplicity of that. Just think what could you do for one minute to pause, to focus, to center, to set you up for your day. I love it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's remarkable. You know, I've in the last uh, couple of years, I've started all of my keynotes with the one minute meditation, and it has been remarkable the response from the audiences. Uh, people coming up at the end saying, "I instantly felt more awake instantly mm -hmm. after that first minute," and hopefully they did because of what came after that first minute. But it can be, it's, it again seems counterintuitive because you think I'm sitting here with my eyes closed, aren't I going to get tired? But it's the opposite effect. Mm -hmm. And it resets your, you know, you talked about your neural resources, it resets your brain mm -hmm. in, a, in a way that you can be more directive. So, so the idea of starting with a positive mindset is first, you know, the calm connecting with your body but then what do I want to move toward today what am I looking forward to today because instantly from the second you arise in the morning you know this unit is alive right it is already yeah. there's a conversation happening and your to-do list and you're worried about things you might miss this just allows you to start your day completely differently and then of course everything changes from that Absolutely. point yeah, it's like that principle of focus on what you want, those five little world, words that can just change your world, that when you right. focus on what you want, so if you set that positive intention for the day. And I actually think that in a corporate setting, it is a fantastic way to be intentional about how you start meetings. Imagine if more corporations started their meetings by getting everyone to just focus on their breath and be present in the room to all be on the same page to then have more positive meeting outcomes. Yeah, fantastic. Now, you yeah. mentioned that you were going to be able to help us with resetting our negative emotions, you know, those negative situations. How do we deal when something comes up, something triggers us, when we're not feeling great? Yeah. So, uh, so reframing is wonderful. It's, uh, there's, there's no question that when a negative situation occurs for us, and again, it happens this fast, um, it's important to pause and then reflect on, what have I said to myself or how am I interpreting this situation in this moment? You know, if you take an example, common situation in workplaces, I'm in a meeting, I'm making a presentation to the rest of my team, my coworkers about an idea I have, and suddenly someone starts interrupting me as I'm presenting. I may immediately have a negative reaction. In fact, most people say, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm really irritated at that person. Mm -hmm. So in that space, you can say to yourself, well, what's going on here? Well, how am I interpreting this person's actions? So I, I uh, and again, this can be difficult, I understand, to do in the moment. You could even do this after the meeting and then come back and have a conversation with this person. But to realize that what you're doing is making up a story about this person's intentions in their interrupting. And the story might be, if you're irritated, the story might be, hey, you know, Bob's trying to, 
overtalk me or Mary always likes to be the center of attention or John doesn't agree with what I'm saying. But you can just as easily and very rapidly, the more you do this as a practice, change your story. Decide to look at that person's behavior in a new way. Just decide. So you might have the emotional response real quick of irritation, but then say, wait a minute, John might actually have some really good ideas that could help my presentation. Uh, John might be really excited and curious. That's why he's interrupting or she's interrupting. So you can do it. You can learn to do it in the moment, but I also know it, that takes practice. So I, I always uh, suggest to people that know, first of all, that you are telling yourself a story, decide to go into the meeting with a, gr a positive story about everyone in the room. So before you even arrive, before you even know that someone might interrupt you, just enter the meeting saying, I know all of these people are here because they, they care about me and what I'm about to present. So that way, no matter what happens, you're going to filter it through that story. And then mm -hmm. later, if there's other things you need to look after, you can do that. You know, if you need to have a real heart to heart with someone, but you'll be in a better space for that meeting. So again, in the moment, as it happens, you have the emotion and then decide to frame it differently. So just, just and it's called reframing because I like to imagine a picture frame. Just decide to look at what's going on in a different way because it could just as well be that other story that's mm -hmm. the true one. Absolutely, yeah. And I think we don't realize the stories that we tell ourselves because we're just, it's like the frame is there and we're oblivious to it. So I love that concept of just bringing your attention to it and going, hang on, what's the story that I'm telling here? Because maybe someone looks bored in the presentation or a bit sleepy because of what they've got going on in their own life. Maybe someone's seeming frustrated and irritated by the situation because of what they've actually got happening for them. And we never know what's going on beneath the surface. You know, it's like Brene Brown's famous story of swimming across the lake with her husband and here she is reaching out to him trying to connect trying to say you know I really love spending this time with you and he's brushing her off and she's making up this story in her head that oh my goodness he doesn't love me is he leaving me you know worried insecurity about her body and her swimsuit all of these things and when they finally get to actually debrief on it that this the actual truth of the story is that he was having his own panic attack essentially based on a nightmare that he'd had around being out swimming and his children being hurt. And so we sometimes we look at things from completely different lenses and we just aren't aware of those stories we tell ourselves. So I love that. So reframing it. And like you say, as we practice this skill, we'll get better at being able to do it in the moment, perhaps pausing and taking a deep breath. And if you can't do it in the moment, practicing it later. And, and as you do that, we'll build that skill, won't we? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It. I know one of your other tips around resilience is about, you know, one of those king foundational roles for our health and well-being, which is our sleep. So tell me your thoughts on sleep and how we get more quality sleep. Yeah. So uh, there are, of course, many sleep experts out there, and there's so much written on the importance of sleep and things like screen time, limit screen time within a few hours, or at least an hour, say, before going to sleep, all of those. And lots of people know those things. But the strategy I want to share is to begin a gratitude journal. So a resilient mindset and, in fact, a healthy brain is, is uh, enhanced by, by gratitude, the practice of gratitude. And so, so a practice that I started a few years ago, and, and again, this is based in, in research on happiness and well-being, which I know you know all about, Lauren. Um, 
was writing down three things at the end of every day, and I do it at this. So I have the note, the paper on my bedside table. I write these down at the end of every day, three things for which you're grateful. It takes seconds out of your life to do. Mm -hmm. So the, the actions of one, reflecting on gratitude, writing them down, and having that be the last thing that's in your brain when you lay your head down, instantly will affect will begin to affect the quality of your sleep. So Fantastic. do all of, yeah, do all of those other things that you know, <laughs> that you've read about, which are again, that limiting screen time, you know, watching alcohol intake before bed and all those sorts of things. But then uh, add in this other practice and notice the difference that it makes for you. I think it's, um, it's one of, again, those things that's so simple, takes seconds and can really transform and change the quality of your sleep. Mm -hmm. I love that. That's so powerful. And again, you know, we've got this one minute meditation, setting an intention in the morning, something that's going to take you seconds at the end of the day, and you're just bookending your day with two really strong foundational practices in your life. You know, we can't always control what goes on in the middle of the day, but if we bookend it well, that's so powerful and so attainable. I'm getting excited. I'm picturing I actually have done journaling on and off, and I'm not currently doing it. We've just moved house, and sometimes routines change. And you've actually inspired me again to do it because what I'm picturing is that once we've got those three words each day, or perhaps more, that you can then flick back over that because we know our brains are actually wired to focus on the negative, you know, to hunt for danger, to keep us safe. And by focusing on gratitude, I agree, it's phenomenally proven that it enhances our brain's ability to scan the world for good, to look for optimism. I love Sean Aker's work in this area around happiness and it's incredible, just the actual neural pathways that you're establishing. And I love that idea. Just picture that being the last thing you focus on before you go to sleep, helping right. improve what's actually happening cognitively while you're asleep. That's fantastic, Derry. I love it. Thanks. Yeah, it's, right. uh, it's just remarkable, I think. I really think it, uh, and, and not, I don't just think, I know, because I do this. So I know that it, it makes a difference, yeah. Have you got any stories you can share perhaps of clients you've worked with or, you know, maybe if you have audience members come up and share stories of the difference these sort of things have made for people? Yeah, well, it, I think I'd mentioned to you, you know, with the, uh, the one-minute meditation that I started a couple of years ago, the first time I, uh, I did it, I uh, hadn't even planned on doing it. I thought about it, but I hadn't, didn't have it in my plan. And, you know, I've, I've got an hour, right, for the keynote. And just at the last minute, the sense I had from the audience, I was at the, I'm generally an opener for a conference and I was closing this conference. So when I sensed the energy in the room and uh, I could see that there were, people are often tired, as we know, at the end of a conference, they've been learning and Absolutely. engaging for uh, two or three days. Um, they're also now, their mind, because they know it's coming to an end, their mind's already on their workplace. They're already thinking about or home or what they have to get back to. And, uh, and so I just, I just did it. And um, at the end, uh, a gentleman came up who's an executive and he said, uh, he's, he was sort of uh, comical when he walked up, but he you know, had his hands in his pockets and he sort of had this very serious look on his face. And he said, I don't know what the heck that was, but it was amazing. Wow. <laughs> And he was the first one who said to me, you know, I felt like I had a drink of water when I was thirsty. You know, I felt like I had uh, a nap, you know, in a good way, right? That I was, I felt refreshed in after one minute. Wow. Um, so those kinds of stories I have seen because I've, um, I have 
several clients that have brought me back time after time. And so I will introduce something uh, and then in one of my keynotes and then I'm back, let's say, do at a different conference or a different for a different group, but I will see the same people from time to time. Mm-hmm. And I have absolutely had people approach me and, and talk about how they have used reframing, you know, several times, you know, and lots of times people's stories are not even necessarily about the workplace, but they're about home, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, I came home and, you know, the house is a disaster and I was right away going to, you know, tear into my kids about why that was the case. And then I, you know, paused, took a breath and said, wait a minute, maybe something happened in their day, you know, that they, they got distracted because they've got some pressure going on. So maybe before I jump all over them about uh, the disaster I came into, maybe I'll be curious and sort of ask them how their day was because maybe something came up and that's the reason they left things lying out you know so stories like that I just think are um, really meaningful those are the ones that I take forward in in the rest of the work that I'm doing so uh, overall Lauren what people what people report is that all of this all of you know what I speak on and and what I believe to be true around these these strategies is that people always say, you know what, these are easy things. I can do this. You know? yeah. I can do this thing. I wonder, Deary, how do you feel about taking us through a one minute right now so that everyone that's listening and watching in, could we just go through sure. and do something for a one minute right now? Whatever time of the day it is for you. Yep. Just have a one Absolutely. minute intention with Deary. Go for it. Yep. Excellent. So hopefully you're not driving. <laughs> Don't follow these instructions <laughs> yeah. if you're driving. Uh, so, so the, the first to um, to set up the ideal uh, position for uh, for this one minute for any meditation is what we call a dignified position, and what that means is that your your body is upright. It doesn't have to be super erect, but that you're you know sort of alert, sitting in an alert, comfortable position, but you're not leaning back and you know sort of legs up on the couch. And now, certainly, some people do a laying meditation. Um, I find, especially because, I, again, I'm recommending this first thing in the morning, that you could then fall back asleep. So uh, I find a seated, seated meditation is lovely. Also, this is very amenable to something. You, this is something you could do at work then. You could do this in your chair, in your office, or at your workstation. So sitting, uh, again, with that comfortable, upright position, feet flat on the floor, hands just comfortably in your lap. And highly recommend that you close your eyes and uh and just to remind people that if you're not comfortable closing your eyes you can simply find a spot on on uh, the floor or the desk wherever you're seated just where you can have a soft gaze so just everyone now if you just close your eyes and as you are here with your eyes closed i invite you to just tune into your breath just notice your breath going in, breath going out, just noticing. And we're not trying to change our breath at all, we're just noticing it. Breath going in, breath going out.
And if you find yourself distracted by sounds, thoughts, just gently come back to your breath. Now in just the last few seconds that we're here, I invite you to reflect on what you want to move toward for the rest of your day. What are you looking forward to today? All right, so just open your eyes and you can adjust a little in your chair. I don't have my meditation bells with me. You can imagine them ringing. <laughs> it's beautiful. Thank you, Derry. I think that it's powerful to not just speak about it, but for everyone to just experience that. And I'm sure you're feeling more calm and centered. And it's incredible setting that positive intention, what it does, because it's like you're starting your day with your brain heading in the direction that you want it to head. So it's going to notice the opportunities in line with you heading in that direction. And it's going to make it easier to make choices in line with that as well. So it's beautiful. So thank you so much, Derry, for your powerful wisdom and your stories and for that experience. If people want to get in touch with you and find out more or follow up, what's the best way to reach out with you, reach out to you? Excellent. Thank you, Lauren. Uh, thank you for having me. I'm uh, most grateful. And uh, people can reach me uh, through my website, which is dairylatimer.com, uh, or email. And I'm on every social media, probably Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. So I'd love it if people reach out there as well. That, those are great forums, ways to connect and, uh, and see our mutual interests. So I'd love it. Fantastic. Thank you so much, dear. I really appreciate your time. I encourage everyone to go out, have a wonderful, resilient day, and make sure that you book in a time this week to go and Google and look for Dairy Latimer's TED Talk. What's the title of your talk, Dairy? It's called Choose Life. Choose Life, and you will love it. So thank you so much for joining us for another uh, episode of Thrive TV. Go out and thrive and we'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to the Thrive TV show with Lauren Parsons. Visit thrivetvshow.com to access the show notes and discover our fantastic bonus content. And be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next inspiring episode.